and welcome to Even the Trunchbull, our show about children's books and why we still love them as adults. She's Nina. They're Matt. And we think that children's books are for everyone because we've all been kids. Even, Even the, the Trunchbull. Trunchbull. They're all mistakes, children. Filthy, nasty things. Glad I never was one. From Roald Dahl's beloved Matilda, despite her protestations. Each episode, we'll be reviewing one picture book and one chapter book. We're starting off with the books that we read as kids, but if you've got a book you'd like us to review, especially if you are currently a kid, please get in touch. You can email us on eventhetrunchbull at gmail.com or catch us on Twitter at trunchbullpod. And this week we are reading and talking all about puppets. So our picture book is Revenge of the Puppets by Nadine D'Souza and illustrated by Ayush Rajvunshi. And Pinocchio by Pinocchio, but actually by Michael Morpurgo. <laughs> Shall we start with Revenge of the Puppets? Yes, let's, let's. So Revenge of the Puppets is, um, well, do you want to start us off, Nina, telling us what Revenge of the Puppets is about? And... I was, um, I already had an idea that I wanted to do a show about puppets and that we do Pinocchio, so I was looking for a book, a picture book about puppets, and this was the best one I found. It's a book by Karadi Tales, which is an independent children's publisher, in India, and their focus is like creating a space for Indian culture in children's publishing. I, I was just going off the title when I ordered it, but I have not been disappointed. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, it's exactly, in many ways, exactly what it says on the cover. It is a, a story about some puppets who take revenge. Yeah. So what happens is there's this troop of puppets that travel around with their puppeteers. They're Kathputli puppets, which is a specific type of puppetry native to Rajasthan. They're like marionettes, so they've got strings and they've got these wooden carved heads and then these really mm. elaborate clothes. I think I've seen one. I think my granny bought one when she was on holiday there because I've got right, a strong right. memory of playing with one because that's what a lot of I mean, the puppeteers do now is they make them to sell to tourists as well as performing. Right. Anyway, yeah. so they're these like very intricate, quite heavy puppets and they take them on tour and they do shows in small villages you know they just like set up like a tent that they can hide behind and then people i think that comes across in the illustrations like it's gorgeous illustrations yeah yeah and it's yeah i think the way you've described them like that makes sense like the the they get the essence of what these puppets are like in the illustrations really mm. nicely very colorful very bright but very sort of like block shapes yeah. Um, and sort of slightly cartoonish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they're doing their job, being in shows, and they start to become, you know, a bit frayed and a bit damaged just from use. And yeah. so the As puppeteers, Byro and Banu, decide to, that they need some new puppets. And so the old puppets watch on in horror as their... Um, replacements get made before their very eyes and mm, they're like mm. we will not be replaced we will not be forgotten and so they wake <laughs> up in the middle of the night and they sabotage the new puppets they sew them yeah. up wrong they put their legs on the wrong way round um what else do they do they they glue a mustache onto the girl puppet 
which and is so hilarious, obviously. Hilarious and sexist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's interesting that they did that with the moustache as well, because like body hair on Indian women is like a very big thing, you know, whether it's queer Indians reclaiming it or like the whole industry behind like hair lightening and hair removal. Like it's quite a big taboo within femininity in general, but I think especially mm. within populations that traditionally have darker hair. Um, right. It's like a really, I guess, a nasty thing to do to that puppet. Like yeah. the idea that if she has a moustache, <clears throat> she's ugly and we can't go on with the show. I'd not even thought about it in that lens because I'd just been thinking just from a sort of like gender trans point of view, like, mm. ha ha, this girl puppet has a moustache which is hilarious and get off get off our stage but that's yeah. that's that's yeah even even more interesting that it's because it seems yeah. it seems at first sort of to to my eyes to be like the lightest of the punishments and then when Byro and Banu go to to put on the new show it all goes wrong because of these sabotage puppets one of the puppets has got their feet put on backwards, so he's always fallen on his face. And and so Byro and Banu learn their lesson. They repair the puppets they already had, and justice is served. The sense we get is that they wake up because it's midnight, right? So it's like mm. the, the world that's set up is it's the witching midnight. hour. Yeah. Puppets come alive. Yeah. Um, the horse, uh, Dugdu, he wakes up I, I, like and he says uh, oh i had a horrible dream that the stuffing had all been ripped out of my stomach and they're like no dog do that has actually happened that's why you weren't in the show today you <laughs> yeah. don't have a stomach and he's like oh i thought i felt a bit empty i thought i was hungry oh silly me it reminded us in 2017 i reviewed the puppetry festival that runs in newcastle every year and there's a video they commissioned like a stop start animation when it proper reminded us of this and it's just this little stop start story of these like puppets that come to life at night and uh mess about and cause mischief and yeah. i think it's an appealing theme in it it's a common theme it's a... it is it's a, it's a nice idea you put your toys aside for the night and then they start yeah. their own life. yeah 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 so how do we feel about these puppets being really vengeful Upon these new puppets that, you know, haven't done anything wrong, actually. They're just there. Um, it feels to me it's it's almost like a story of, like, a worker's rebellion, isn't it? It's like the Luddites yeah. is the machine breakers. <laughs> because, and again, yes. as, as most of these things in history do, it kind of starts by accident. Like, it's just this clumsy mm. horse that's like, oh, I've broken a bit of that. And then they're like, let's keep breaking stuff. Um... But yeah, I guess it's an interesting moral behind, isn't it? Because it sort of works and they, they mm. get their way. And actually, by the end, you're thinking, yeah. well, why didn't the puppet makers just sort of... Fix them in the first place. Yeah, make do and mend and stitch yeah. them up and, and keep going. Um, but, you know, it is, it's a workers' rebellion, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed that part of it. I really liked, like, 
how they were shown to be threatening by like them casting these massive shadows on the walls when they're holding like the sewing needle and the scissors they're like aha here we come <laughs> i mean the use of color and like silhouette in this book is really nice you can't have it? a story about puppets without a bit of shadow play yeah um, and then obviously like we never see the puppeteers either which is a really nice touch we see their mm. shadows and we see their yeah. hands yeah, and I, I I think importantly, with it being a kid's book, like, the new puppets are never brought to life. Yeah, Certainly for us that as would a be reader, a different They're never story. animated, they're never given names or personalities, they're just the new puppets. I mean, they don't murder them, right? They're just no. like... It depends how you want to play. Either it's like mischievous little tricks or like they've broken their feet and put them back on the wrong, which is horrific. Mm. But like, well, this is what we're going to get onto with Pinocchio as well. Is that you can get away with a lot of cartoon violence with puppets, and that's often a theme. In, yeah. like, like Punch and Judy, like throwing the baby down the stairs. It's funny because they're puppets, and you know it doesn't really hurt. There's this overriding theme across a lot of puppetry of death. Yeah. Um, which kind of makes complete sense because you're playing with these objects, and as yeah. soon as you put them down, you know, any kind of puppet. It's lifeless, it's dead, like yeah. it's only alive while you're literally... And even if you stop moving it, like it's like a shark, right? Like it's moving or it's dead. Yeah. <laughs> right? So it sort of makes complete sense that like mm. death as a sort of like subject matter kind of sits in the background of all of that. Yeah. As does kind of like magically coming to life behind the scenes. and. Yeah. So we like this. We like this book. Oh, it's great. And just lovely pictures. It's just nice mm. to look at. So this could be, um, for a kid, a like, jumping-off point for like a kind of interest in that sort of thing as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, you know, it's... I guess, as the publisher is specifically setting out to do, it's a little slice of Indian culture. Yeah. So there's an introduction to that. It's an introduction to, to puppetry. Um, it's just it's a nice story. Um, what age of kids do you think? Ooh, that's a good question. Probably not your dead, dead little ones. Although, you know, you probably could, but I'd say... I'd say early readers. Five or six. Yeah. 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 Pinocchio by Pinocchio by Michael Morpurgo. Yes, because it's a self-narrated... Tale. Yeah, which is really um, nice. The the narrator of like older, wiser Pinocchio is a really nice yeah. element of this book. Narrating from from his vantage as a hundred and thirty year old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to give us a synopsis of his life for people who aren't already familiar from, say, the film? I'm familiar with the Disney film. Mm. I've not read the original. I know you have. Yeah. Um. I understand that this kind of sits somewhere in between. So yeah. um, Pinocchio is, uh, starts life as a, a bit of cherry wood in an orchard, and he's quite happy with that. And then he gets hit by lightning or knocked down in a storm, and he's less happy with that. Um, it's all right. And then a woodcutter comes along and chops him off from the main tree, and he's not happy with that at all. And he's... He cries, he cries and screams all the way home. And he goes, please don't cut <laughs> Which me. Which is a great image because yeah. you've got Geppetto 
is yeah. um, dad to be running back through Naples with this like log under his arm that's going, don't put me back, don't you dare, get me, don't you go anywhere near, like get me back where I was, um, which I just quite like the idea of like people on the streets of Naples being like, oh, you're right, Geppetto, you got uh, another, another talking log there. Geppetto and his wife want a kid and can't have a kid. And he comes back with this log and he's like, this is the one, this is the one. And his wife's like, you're not going to make us a son out of a bit of wood. Please stop doing this. This is putting real strain on our relationship. Um, and uh, he does, he does. And as he's working, he's thinking, actually, this is the one. This is better than we've ever gone before. And and it works. And so Pinocchio, the cherry wood puppet, is born and is... Uh, for all intents and purposes, a real boy. Except, of course, he's not. Um, he's a puppet, but he's animated but he can walk and he's and alive he can talk. and he's sentient and, yeah. uh, and naughty, very naughty. Um, and he keeps wanting to do the right <laughs> thing and he's wanting to go to school and learn. But he's just hes just dead into, like, shiny, sparkly things and things that make nice noises and... <laughs> It gets to the point where, like, his dad sells his one coat to buy an ABC book for him. So Pinocchio goes and buys his uh, uh, school book and then sells it for a ticket to the circus because that's, that's the kind of kid he is, right? Pinocchio is the sweetest kid. He's just like that little knacker that you knew in school who was like, oh, like, you've got a good yep. head on your shoulders. <laughs> just stop for a second and think about what you're doing. <laughs> he doesn't. He's just like, I want this shiny thing now. Here, have this most valuable thing that I have. It goes a bit back and forth. He kind of runs away and comes back a couple of times. Yeah. And then eventually <laughs> runs into the... that This cat and the fox basically scam him um, and sort of live off his dime for a bit and then persuade him to plant his coins in a magical town where they'll grow into a money tree. And we can see what's coming a mile off. And actually, Pinocchio, as the sort of elderly narrator, is sort of saying to his, like, again, in very more Pergo fashion, is like, oh, dear readers, you'll see what's coming, and I wish I had as well. <laughs> what a little prat I was. So he loses all his money, and then just sort of various other adventures. Like, he meets his... Um, there's the fairy godmother. She plays a part that he comes across in the in the woods. And then with his friend Lampwick from school, who they've always got in mischief with. Lampwick's like, I'm off, I'm sacking this all in. I'm gonna go to Toyland. There's a guy who comes around in a cart led by donkeys that's gonna carry everyone off to Toyland. And the donkeys are crying, which is The donkeys are crying, and one of them <laughs> whispers to Pinocchio like, for God's sake, don't do it. And yeah. the guy driving the cart is like, shut up. Um, and Pinocchio's like, what was that donkey saying? He's like, oh, nothing. Don't don't listen to donkeys. Just get on the car. Um, and the the facet, the brilliant bit with this is like Pinocchio stood on the side of the road and he knows this is wrong. And right up until the car comes, it, like his head said no. His head said no. And then his head said yes, yes, yes. And he jumped on the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, he goes to Toyland and then again, as people familiar with the Disney version will know, what happens in Toyland is um, it's a place for runaway boys where they can 
play and do nothing and have no responsibility all day, every day, until eventually they turn into donkeys which pull the carts that bring more boys in yeah. to be turned into donkeys and then sold on. Um, and then eventually all comes good. I'm trying... How does he get turned back into not a donkey? He gets turned not into a donkey by jumping into the sea. So, right. oh no, he doesn't jump. He gets bought by this cruel owner who just wants to use him for his leather and his hide. And so yeah. he pushes him in the sea, hoping he'll drown. <laughs> but <laughs> this is what this book's like. Um, and in the seawater turns him back into a puppet and he manages to swim away and escape. Um, we've got the classic uh, Geppetto and the belly of the whale. Um, Geppetto has gone off searching all the land for Pinocchio and ended up swallowed by uh, a whale or in this version a giant what's it the massive ugly shark I think they call it yeah um, and the friendly tuna fish aye that they meet inside <laughs> inside the the shark um, who's like would you please stop talking so he doesn't remember that he hasn't digested us yet yeah um, <laughs> yeah the that's it so of course in my recap there I've missed out one of the absolute primary characters from the Disney version who's less of a character in this version but is definitely a very interesting talking point. So you'll all remember Jiminy Cricket. Of course we remember Jiminy Cricket. How could we forget His whilst conscience. recapping the entire book? I know. <laughs> so he's he's just called the talking cricket in this. And the yeah. first time that Pinocchio runs away from home, the talking cricket shows up and is like, what are you doing? Go home. Um, and Pinocchio is so angry about being reprimanded that he kills him. He throws a... What does he throw at him? He throws, he throws a, a log at him. Log. Yeah, and he gets squashed against the wall and then falls dead on the floor. And then all of the cricket's like future appearances, he's a ghost. Yeah. And he keeps making Pinocchio reckon with the fact that he's a murderer. <laughs> so you can see why they left that out of the Disney version. <laughs> but that is in the original, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's how it is in the original. Um, so shall we talk a bit about... So I've read the original by Carlo Collodi. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about what he's changed about that because it is much closer to Carlo Collodi's book than it is to the film. Although I quite like the little nod to the film at the beginning of the book he's like of course you probably already know my story it has been famously adapted and beautifully by Disney, oh he does he, how I yeah he it. just literally says doesn't he like yeah, yeah. he just name checks yeah. disney yeah so the tone of the original is extremely judgmental of pinocchio it's like a morality tale about what will happen to you if you're a bad boy and you don't listen to your mum mm. and dad you know and i think Morpurgo has tried to do a twist on that where it's like an old man looking back at his boyish younger self who didn't know any better. Mm, mm. Um, and he's changed the morality a bit, of it a little bit. Like, it's quite ruthless, the original. It's also much more violent. Mm. So you talk about the cat and the fox. In uh, Morpurgo's version, they're called highwaymen. Yeah. In Carlo Collodi's book, they're literally assassins. <laughs> and, and they do try to kill Pinocchio by, like, sticking... Well, they tried to kill him uh, in Morpurgo's one as well. They'd... Oh, they only they hang him by, him by his, his thumbs, thumbs, though, and the original is hanged by his neck. Right, OK, fine, sure. 
When's the when's the original from? Eighteen eighty one. Oh right, okay. So yeah. Okay. Because I'm just thinking that's a bit more like you've got the sort of grim fairy tale stuff, but that's a fair bit earlier yeah. than that, isn't it? Where it's the the morality tends yeah. to be sometimes people die. Well, the morality of the original seems to be if you're a stupid, selfish boy, you deserve everything you get. Yeah. Whereas the morality of Morpurgo's version is we're all a bit stupid and selfish. Yeah. We live and we learn. He says that a lot, doesn't he? He does. I, I, I mean, Pinocchio's a really appealing character, as I say. Like, I mean, he's got... um. He's got quite a short attention span as well, hasn't he? Because he can be made to feel remorse, and there's lots of points in the book where either the talking cricket or the good fairy make him see the consequences of his actions, and he cries, and he feels really sorry, yeah, and he really means to do better, yeah, yeah. But then he just can't. Like he's not meaning to be bad. I don't think he wants to be bad. Absolute heart. He just gold. can't help he's it. Such, he's such a good kid. It's just. You think? I th- well. <sighs> I think he's quite a bad kid, but I quite like that. I think I think he's a bad kid who's going to be an absolute lovely adult. Yes, and it's the lovely adult who's telling you the story, and that's really, really nice. Yeah. It's also, I think it helps to counter the violence that you've got Pinocchio, the 130-year-old narrator, because you do know he never dies, mm. which at some points in the story you think he might. He gets, you know, he gets hanged by his thumbs until he's almost dead, and then when he's a donkey... Let's talk about this. So talking about yeah. violence, this is what the, like one of the bits of the book that I like page marked, right? Because this is, in terms of violence, this is where for me it's like, oh, that's a bit real. So he's been turned into a donkey, sold off to the circus, and he's got this really sadistic trainer um, who's like, so he's in the circus ring um, and, you know, the trainer knows that he can talk Italian um, so he's like whispering to him it says the crowd hushed walk on Pinocchio he whispered and then in an even lower whisper do just as I say Pinocchio or you will end up as donkey salami you'll be dried then sliced very thinly delicious with a gherkin <laughs> after that I did exactly as he said <laughs> you would wouldn't you so, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's God. It's pretty that's grim. a bit real. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then the original Lampwick dies. Right. As a donkey, as an overworked, sad donkey on um, Geppetto and Pinocchio's way home, they find him dead. Yeah. Oh, God. That, like, oh, that's grim, isn't it? Even darker in the original. But. So I think those are the main ways that, like, Michael Morpurgis adapted it from reading both of them. He also added a mother mm. for... A, a wife for Geppetto and a mother for Pinocchio. And I don't know why he did that. I mean, I'm imagining he's like, let's add more female characters to this very male-driven story. But I don't feel like it adds much to add a mother who does nothing but fret and worry. Mm. Like, she's not really... She doesn't go on the adventure in the whale. She doesn't really do anything. She just, like, serves as something to make Pinocchio feel guilty about. That's one change I didn't really appreciate. Like, if you're going to include more women, have them do something. What would <laughs> you, know, what would you have the mother do? She could go on one of the adventures. Yeah. 
like like Geppetto gets one. Like she could go looking for him somewhere else and do something different. But then um, who's going to do all just... the cooking and cleaning, Nina? Exactly. Think exactly. they can't both go. <laughs> God. Yeah. No, I, I, so yeah, I, didn't I really totally, like that. totally take your point on that. Because you've got the good fairy who is basically yeah. the only other female yeah. character. But it's not like they even get to talk to each other. No, Geppetto's it did, mother. It does not pass the And the good fairy. Test, it's never it? going to pass the Bechdel no. test. Like, just leave her out. <laughs> oh, that's the other thing I wanted to talk about. Um, yeah. I've remembered now that I've opened the book. Is the illustrations. Um, yeah, they're really good, aren't they? Who is it? It is Emma Chichester Clark. Yeah. Um, what I love, right, is that Pinocchio is always wearing this kind of like patterned sort of jerkin. Mm. Um, that's kind of like this wallpaper floral thing, like pretty much. Oh, his mum made it for him out of paper, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and pretty much every picture in the whole story has something is like floral printed, whether it's like yeah. the bark of a tree or the birds. So in the, that first illustration talking motif. about like the blackbird that's dropped him off, like the blackbirds yeah. are floral printed and that stays all the way through. And there's just something mm. so lovely about that because it keeps it make believe and it keeps it childlike. And it keeps it, yeah. and it keeps it puppet world as well. It's that feeling of like everything here has been like created and made just out of what we have, and we could just yeah. be telling a story with marionettes on a stage here. And it's kind of make do and mend and put the backdrop up, and here we go. I just thought that yeah, was that so really clever. Lovely. It's a really nice touch that mm. just threads through the whole thing. Um, and I think again, and just a bit of continuity as well. Yeah, but just a bit more of a buffer to some of those violent bits as well, because it's just a very, very yeah. gentle little nod to like, it's all right. This is just a story. Yeah, we'll get through it. Um, yeah, I really liked that. Um, mm. It's really episodic, isn't it? Like, um, you know, every chapter is a self-contained <laughs> mini story which i think would make this really good for like bedtime reading that's true actually that you always kind of know pinocchio is going to get himself in trouble and then he's going to get out yeah. of it and that's sort of you know the shape I of the really story i didn't really clock that because i'd read it so quickly but you're right it's it's almost like um mm. like when bbc do stuff like merlin where it's like or do you know what i mean one of those sort of like um series sort of aimed at kids or young teenagers yeah where yeah. it's like there is an overarching narrative, but every episode you know exactly what is going to happen. I like Doctor Who as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like it's always got the same kind of yeah. No, that's 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 a good point actually. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk a bit about. Um, so we're talking about the violence, and you know we've mm -hmm. said that this is a fairy tale. I think what's what's quite interesting, again, you know, we've mentioned sort of Grimm's fairy tales and it's maybe slightly more in, in that vein. Like, <clears throat> I feel like a lot of fairy tales, particularly modernised ones, I vaguely f feel like they're set in, like, Middle Ages Europe. Yeah. And that is painted as a kind of, like, oh, the good old days of kings and princesses and dragons and unicorns and Riding flowers horses. and yeah. like i think like this one really gets across the sense quite well that like 
Middle Ages Europe, like really not a nice place to be. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but again, like tying into like, you know, we're talking about whether Pinocchio is good or not. And like, obviously he's, oh, like bless him. He, he doesn't know what's good for him. But like, if you look at the society that he's in, like yeah. he's only allowed to go to school if he can pay for it and pay for his books there's no one yeah. there to like like if he just runs away and it's like oh i'm just gonna go to the circus instead it's like right cool well that's what happens to you then yeah. like yeah as soon no, there's as there's absolutely no social safety net as soon as he's out on the road he just gets like conned and then hung by the thumbs by like just a couple of like people knocking about like <clears throat> yeah it's very sort of but i guess that is like sort of how the world, the world of Pinocchio is a cruel place it is but I get you know I think it's not shying away from the fact that like mm. the world is a cruel place without these sort of structures in place maybe that's maybe that's the moral is uh it's a bit of social commentary yeah. don't don't underfund state education yeah um and make school uniform free so I don't know I, th- I, th- I think Pinocchio is good I think at his core he's a good boy he just He's a child, isn't he? He's just a he's, child. Yeah, he's little. He's just yeah. And he doesn't. He's not been. He's he, He's not been taught better, has he? He gets given a lot of chances. Like the the fairy godmother's yeah. really interesting. We haven't talked much about her. Mm, yeah, let's talk about her. Is she's less magical in this one and more just like almost like an adopted auntie. Like it feels like yeah. you know, and like your parents have got a friend who then becomes your auntie kind of thing. Yeah, it's a bit like that sort of rule, and she's just. Well, ev- he feels like she's his dear sister, or even like a mother figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which again makes it weird that we've worked in an actual mother, which is yeah. further undermining For no her rule. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, she does feel like a big sister, doesn't she? And mm. like that, yeah, that works quite nicely actually because it. It's that sort of like, oh, Pinocchio, what have you been up to this time? And just every time he keeps running away from her, he keeps like letting everyone down, betraying everyone. And every time he comes back thinking that it's like this time she's going to be like, yeah, bless him. He always anticipates her being really angry with him and she never really is. No, she's always like, like, oh, what have you done now? So good to see you again. (laughs) Right. Really glad to have you back. Just don't worry about it. Like, appreciate you've apologised. Tell you what we should do. And have a party. All your friends from school can come round. She's like, bring him back in. Um, yeah. Just make things nice for him. Set things up. Like, clearly he's unhappy. Let's do something that makes him happy. Yeah. I guess this is another thing we haven't said, which is that he is quite persecuted. He's not naughty for no reason. No, he does. He rebels because he's quite rejected by society. Aye. Like, when he first, first goes he, to like, school. he walks in the street. Yeah. Everyone's laughing at him and pointing at him yeah. and calling him a blockhead. Aye. Yeah. yeah, he does feel different and singled out, and I think that's partly why he's naughty. That's true, is actually. to, like, get some positive attention, like, be a bit of a class clown yeah. rather than just teased. And then everybody likes him. Yeah. All the kids like him, even though the teachers don't. Yeah, yeah, it becomes popular by just prattling yeah. about. Because everyone wants to be liked and, you know, yeah. part of, like part of a group oh, he's very popularity yeah driven. and his and his way of doing that is prattling about a bit which which is oh, i can understand that <laughs> <laughs> i think 
that's Michael Morpurgo's intention to make him that likable. He isn't so much in the original, and that you know the idea it really is he's a bad boy and he deserves everything coming to him. And then when he becomes good in the end, his reward is to become a real boy, which doesn't happen in this version. He stays a puppet, let's, which means yeah, he lives let's forever. Let's talk about the ending. So the ending. The ending's really interesting. So you can, as you, I'm going to read you the ending of the original Pinocchio now. So he wakes up a real boy, and there's just this ragged puppet in a chair next to him, and he's like, "What's that?" Um, and Geppetto says, "This sudden change is all due to you. Why is it due to me?" Because when children who were naughty become good, it gives a new smiling appearance to the whole family. So that that's the thing. Like <laughs> he's become good, and now it reflects well on the family. So he deserves so a human face. So he gets face. to have a body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's very it's very sort of keeping up with the Joneses, isn't yeah. it? It's like <laughs> if if you behave badly, it it, it reflects badly on us. And but I prefer yeah. more Pergo's ending. Shall I read you more Pergo's ending? Yeah. Um, because it's really, really nice what he's done with this, actually. Everyone I loved in the world was there. I was home at last. Some dreams do come true, after all. Well, now you know the true story of Pinocchio, and you know it was true because you heard it from me, and I was there every step of the way. And I didn't change into a boy at all in the end. Of course I didn't. How could I? Why should I? Puppet I was, puppet I am. And I'm glad I'm not a boy. You see, if I'd been a boy, I'd have grown old. Puppets never grow old. And do we live and learn? Well, in the end, maybe, sometimes. I'm not quite such a wooden head as I was. Or I hope I'm not. My good fairy still whispers to me from time to time, drops gentle hints to remind me that everyone matters. Reminds me always to be kind. But I'm here to tell you this. Puppet I may be, but I'm just like you, whether you're a boy or a girl. We're all the same inside, and no one pulls our strings, right? That's lovely. I like that much better. It's great, isn't it? It, yeah. it reminds me always to be kind and that everyone matters. Yeah. I think that's it. It's, you know, it's just... Because uh, it's, it's not even saying, like... It's not resolving in a... And I learned how not to be... No, I like that much better. Anymore. It's much it's more like of a growth pr- mentality. Yeah, like I probably am still a bit of a prat sometimes, yeah. but like what I've learned best. is that you have to think about other people yeah. and that other people are important. And other and... people keep me honest. Yeah. I still need reminding sometimes, even though I'm 130. Yeah, yeah. It's really yeah. nice. I really like the ending. I don't really like the ending of the original, but you know the original's supposed to frighten naughty boys into being good. I don't think that's it's the intent. It's maybe a bit of Michael its Morpurgo. time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Could he's in some ways he's an adopted child, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. You know, it's that whole kind of like, where do I belong? And yeah. Um, yeah. He just he finds his people. Well, some of them he always had, centre. but he yeah. wasn't able to settle into them. Sure. He needed to run around yeah, a yeah. bit and sort of test yeah. things and try other things out. You know, and yeah. for a while he just lives with the good fairy. He's not living with his mum and dad when he goes to school. He's living with the good yeah. fairy for a bit. He's like, I'll try this out, live with a different relative, just to live with a different adult for a while and be yeah. parented in a different kind of way. Oh, I think it's really good for him to go and stay with the good fairy. And it's not like she completely relaxes expectations of him either. You know, she's still like, I do want you to go to school. 
But, but it is totally that, isn't it? It's like yeah. going off to stay with Big Sister for yeah. a bit. She's very forgiving of him. And she always gives him a talk, doesn't she? She's like, well, these are the people you've hurt. And these are the amends you need yeah. to make. <laughs> Take some medicine or you'll die. Oh, my God. Do you remember that bit? Oh, yeah. <laughs> when he's like, literally like, it's when he's been out, like, getting hung by his thumbs and that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. She wants and him to take like, his medicine and he won't. So the pallbearers come in with his cough and they're like, is this what you want? <laughs> yeah, she like, no, no, I'll take the medicine. Display his coffin because he's like, I'd rather die than eat yeah. that horrible, disgusting medicine. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> fine, sure. We'll order the coffin. That's yeah. a strong move, isn't it? It is. That is a bold move. <laughs> Oh, I'd forgotten that as well. Yeah. Oh, blame me. I'm going to have to reread this book. Like, it's I've, really I've good. I've read it far too quickly. I've read it far too. I only read, read it a it, chapter like, a, week a ago. night. Like, yeah, savor it. it. Is pro- that is what it's made for? Isn't it, it is. I think so. Definitely. That was episode six of Even the Trunchbull. Thanks for listening. Once again, if you've any thoughts on books you loved as a kid, or love now as a kid. Let us know or ask a grown-up to let us know. We're at eventhetrunchbull at gmail.com and on Twitter at trunchbullpod. Intro music for this episode and every episode is What a Wonderful Day by Shane Ivers. And remember, kids' books can be for everyone because we've all been kids. Even Even the the Trunchbull. Trunchbull.